0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to List That Podcast. My name is Josh. Tonight, we're going to be listing DC heroes, top five DC heroes. I am joined by Cowboy. Hey. How are you? I'm I'm alive. (laughs) That's that's unfortunate. Uh, I'm just kidding. I Uh, know. All of
1: your (laughs) assassination attempts have failed, so... uh... Why don't we just get onto
0: the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> the quarter has failed me. Uh, I'm also joined by Cameron. Cameron, how are you?
2: I'm the same. I'm alive. That's good. It's, we're talking about comics. I'm good. Really, so, really good.
0: So both of my co-hosts are uh, are alive. I'm also alive, in case you were wondering. Um, but yeah, let's uh, let's jump right in. Tonight we're doing uh, top five uh, DC. So uh, my list says top five DC good guys. And I guess for some of these, you
2: might be able to put good in quotation marks. Good guys is probably a good way to put it. I wouldn't necessarily say heroes, just because I have a feeling some will pop up that are more of like an anti-hero, or just middle-of-the-road in general variety. Like, neither. They just sometimes end up being the good guys. The guys that we more
1: often than not root for.
0: Yeah, my, my argument was that they're good when they need to be, right? When, the when, like, the world depends on them or whatever, they they do the right thing. Whether it's for the good of the planet or, you know, for their own selfish needs, in probably some cases. Um, so, uh, Cowboy, would you like to start uh, with your number five tonight? Oh, boy.
1: Well, I'd have to say my number five would have to be Batman. Just... I don't know the the little rich boy up in his house living in a cave and you know going out there obviously uh obviously Alfred is makes Batman who he is and you know helps him out with what he does but yeah I'd say as far as you know heroes go my well fifth favorite has been watching Batman just as he goes about saving everybody and uh, always having a plan and always having a gadget to uh, save the day.
2: I I really like Batman. He's always gotta be on like a top list. Always like a top 5 or a top 10. He's, like I agree, he's probably one of my favorite characters. I'm gonna say real quick, just to like probably Josh's surprise, he's not on my list this time. There's a reason why he's not on my list he's not on my list because it just felt like an obvious choice and it's one of those characters that it's always gonna be with me no matter what but I like for the same reasons I mean he's he's up there and he's interesting and especially in the world of superheroes he's he's someone who's a little bit more normal to a point but yeah
0: yeah because I dress up as a bat and fight crime at night too okay
2: more normal than a guy in blue tights getting power from the sun that's <laughs> <laughs> So, normal-ish.
0: Sorry it took so long for me to talk. I was pulling my jaw up off the floor because Cameron doesn't have Batman on his list. It's
2: it's because he's probably my favorite, but I didn't want to... It's the the thing. That's fine. Um, Try not to shake too much. Yeah. All right.
0: I'm I'm genuinely surprised that Batman is that far up on your list. But I, you know... That far up or down? Or down, rather. Yeah. yeah. Depending on how you look at it. Yeah. Was... I'm surprised that Batman was five. Yep. And, uh, and not um, more. Um, so my number five, uh, much to Cameron's surprise, I don't think we've ever discussed this character before. Uh, my number five is Cassandra Kane.
2: Really? Yes. That's interesting. That yeah. one is, I, okay. I was not expecting um, that at all.
0: Cassandra Cain uh, was Batgirl. Um, she was handpicked by Barbara to be her successor um, as uh, um, Oracle. When, when she was Oracle, she watched her. And uh, Cassandra Cain is badass, I think, because she was raised to fight. Her dad raised her to be the best fighter in the world. And he trained her so hard that he never trained her how to talk or read. So she literally can't communicate, but she can beat ass so i think that's awesome and then later she took the name (laughs) orphan and i think her costume is just like the coolest thing i've ever seen yeah like it's so slick and so you think parental neglect is awesome
2: (laughs) and you have a child if
0: if you have a cool costume uh you know
2: all right um cassandra kane is a really good choice orphan especially in james tynan's uh his new or his rebirth run with detective comics she's really interesting and she gets a lot of character development something we didn't really see and kane herself is just kind of like it's it's like if damien was raised to be more like bruce is how i see it and he didn't talk right yeah there's just there well that's what i mean there's like a lot of brooding and there's a lot of like self-reflection that you don't see with damien who was raised kind of the same way but he was raised with literature and things like that as well but cassandra kane is really really interesting yeah
0: so yes, Cassandra Cain. On to uh, Cameron, number five. All right.
2: So this was difficult for me. I, I so for number five, I went with Red Hood. After the whole villain set that he had, um, I really like kind of how he ended up developing. So would you say he's red good? Oh my God, I was, I'm gonna walk away now. <laughs> I like how they developed Red Hood eventually, and they brought him back around in a way that didn't seem like a force, like he became like a forced hero, but it felt like they were actually playing off of like these wants and these needs that he had already had, and this reason for him to become a villain in the first place. He never truly becomes like, he never becomes like that great person, but he at least goes by a code that he actually believes in, which I think with the villain setup, up, he didn't ever really want that, he just wanted attention and it was interesting you know it's interesting to see him grow
0: interesting yeah. Jason Todd
2: good old Jason Todd yeah. Mr. Crowbar Robin he kills <laughs> people you know people killed him that's <laughs> I guess that's
0: justification <laughs> <laughs> alright moving right along uh, number four cowboy
1: alright so I'd probably say that my number four is Zatana. Uh, Zatanna and, I don't know, I, I have very much just enjoyed, like, yeah, reading her storyline and, and kind of just seeing how she plays things. I, I really like her, I don't know, power kit of just, you know, her being an illusionist and, and kind of a lot of her, you know, magical incantations and things that, that she uses. And, uh, yeah, I very much enjoy uh, watching her or, you know, reading about her storyline and, and kind of how she... Interacts with stuff. Um,
0: um, so I yeah. also appreciate the fact that she can yell things backwards. Yes.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's always difficult to read that. You know, yeah. The too. Like I always want to read it the way it's supposed to. I be feel right, super accomplished I to, like, when yeah. I figure it out. Uh-huh, right? yeah. You're like,
0: Oh, that's what it means. Got <laughs> yeah. it. Yep.
1: Yeah, definitely. So, um, so yeah, that's that's why she's my number four.
0: I'm a I'm a big fan of the whole Justice League Dark, so I I wholeheartedly appreciate that you put Zatanna on your list. Yes,
2: she definitely deserves a spot. Especially like
0: female. I know the not to get too preachy, but like they're they're starting to implement the female characters a lot more. But to have like a female character on your list is pretty sweet too. I mean, she's she's pretty important. So oh, just wait for the rest of the list. Sweet. Uh, um. So my number four is I don't know, kind of predictable. It's uh, it's going to be Aquaman Arthur Curry um, I started reading Aquaman before the movie came out uh, I started with Rebirth I had never read Aquaman before that but just seeing like his story and how he kind of has nobody right, made me I don't know I, Like, I have people that care about me I have people that I care about but for some reason that spoke to me with like just like him being alone and like neglected by both families that were supposed to raise him. Um, he's you know he's neglected by the Atlanteans under the sea. the surface dwellers really don't want anything to do with him. and he kind of has to earn his respect uh, with both of them and it's a I don't know it's really great, and just the fact that he can like. He's just a badass. There's tridents and he can, like, talk to fish. I think the old comics don't do it justice because they're, like... He's, like, popping out of the water. He's, like, hey, fish, like, go get my mail or something. He definitely got this <laughs> short
2: stick on, like... And it's the old Super Friends TV show that I think made it the worst because that's all he ever does is he Was just, that like, that the one where he's riding fish. dolphins? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, so, he's just riding on... He's, like, riding on the backs of dolphins, like... A, yeah. Yeah, it's... So,
0: uh, and to that, to that point, I... Um, I don't not appreciate the Jason Momoa one. I think they did okay. You know, I don't I don't think it was garbage. I think people dragged it over the coals for um, one reason or another, but I think the people are out to get D C because it's not Marvel. Yeah. So I, um, I
2: and I think with that, I think Aquaman's kind of an interesting character too, because he's also kind of just he's hated by people for just for the the old jokes about talking to fish, but he is like a character that actually matters. He's a character that actually has something to do I mean when you look at something like Throne of Atlantis in New 52 that was a huge series and like you know what was at stake there was were just cities filled with people and he was the person at the end of the day that was able to stop it and no one else could he's a really important character and a really interesting one
0: let me also say that in Injustice 2 the game his like special you get to they get eaten by a shark because of him right so that's or Megalodon
2: right yeah yeah that's what it is yeah (laughs) No, he is just a fun character, and he also embraces that cheesiness a little bit. And re- whether it's the comics or whether it is the Jason Momoa version, there is like that element of the comedy there too, which is always interesting. Okay,
0: All right. Moving right along, uh, Cameron, uh, number four.
2: All right, so I chose Batwoman for number four, who is uh, Kate Kane, and that's not it's not Batgirl, Barbara Gordon, but Batwoman is kind of her own breed of superheroes. She is actually a cousin to Bruce Wayne. Um and without knowing that he is Batman, she kind of takes it upon herself to kind of cop- copy that emblem and become something that she wasn't able to be in the military. She gets kicked out of the military for the don't ask, don't tell policy and um after that she kind of feels like she has nothing else that she can do in life because that was her whole goal in life. And it just sends her on, like, this journey of trying to figure out who she is. And then there's this other aspect that I think is really interesting to her. I also really like the Justice League Dark aspect. While we don't see that with her, we see her going up against mythological characters and a lot of supernatural characters. And it's really interesting because she doesn't have any magic abilities. She's not getting anyone to help her, like, anyone of that persuasion to help her. So she's got to face that as just, like, a normal person. And I just think she's a really interesting character and constantly struggling with herself, and she's usually her biggest villain. So,
0: so I'm completely unfamiliar with Batwoman. Uh, all I know is that Ruby Rose has played her in the show, right? Um,
2: yeah, they are doing the show. They're but
0: uh, my question is, she's obviously part of the Bat family, if she's Batwoman, in a way, right? Does she have access to like the Bat gadgets and and that kind of stuff? Like, Does
2: Bruce so when she originally started out she was actually copying technology and trying to take it Um, she wasn't planning, her thing wasn't to be with the Bat family, it was to take that symbol and use it, use something that's already well known to do what she wanted to do Um, she did eventually get kind of ported over to the Bat family um, in Detective Comics again, um, James uh, Tyman's Detective Comics Uh, and she kind of was the head of like a bat team there but there are so many every time she's with bruce there's just a huge conflict and it rarely works out and it's just because she's so much like him in a way where she just is herself i am kind of hoping eventually that she'll get her own team that she just starts i think it'd be really cool just because she is that that complete opposite to bruce but so similar in that mentality
0: yeah cool. good to know uh how about we uh truck along number three
1: Alrighty, number three for me is i would definitely have to say the amazonian wonder woman and yeah i i don't know with the with the new movie that had come out and kind of just everything about her character of yeah just watching her be able to just kick ass uh and take names all the time with her lasso and and everything like that i i very much enjoyed um Yeah, I very much enjoy the character of Wonder Woman and just um, seeing, well, yeah, her exploring this new world and also, yeah, getting to, well, fight for truth, justice, and in the American way. Um, And, well, I I guess the uh, famous Skirian way, or however you would pronounce that. But yeah, I definitely think that Wonder Woman is uh, my
0: number three. Well, while kind of predictable. I can, uh, I can appreciate that. It's a well, gee, thing. It's.
2: <laughs> I think. I, I mean, there's a lot more to Wonder Woman two than just the fact that she's got a cool shield and a sword, and that's what I love about yeah. her. Is she is this character who was told not to leave an island, so she left it. She was told not to branch off from the military, so she branched off from their control. She's consistently told by the Justice League to not be as violent as she is, because she's definitely the most violent member of the yeah. Justice League, easily. Definitely. Almost to like a bloodthirsty point sometimes. Yeah, And I think it's so much fun to watch her because she's just a loose cannon and she'll do what she needs to do to get something done, whereas the rest of them sometimes won't. Even Batman sometimes won't take those steps that they need to take, and she always will. But yeah, I really like her. She's always a, like you said, pretty predictable choice, definitely yeah. there, but she's, I mean, I mean, well-deserved choice, too. Like, yeah. I mean, that's... Yeah.
0: I mean, I, I... There's no way part of the Justice League was not going to make it somewhere on one of these uh,
2: lists. I would have so, been yeah. disappointed. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so... um yeah, so moving right along, my number three is going to be Red Hood. Uh, yeah. I really, really enjoy Red Hood and the Outlaws, yes. I think it's fantastic. Um, if you're listening, you probably know who Red Hood is, but he was Jason Todd who used to be Robin, he was killed off, and then they brought him back about about ten years later. Um, he was resurrected in the Lazarus Pit, the Rachel Google like Lazarus Pit thing, and uh, he kills people. But I guess he doesn't do that much anymore. He's kind of like, uh, I guess he's like made that pact, like soft pact with with Bruce, where he's like, all right, I guess
2: I, like, do it your way. And so there's there's kind of an interesting thing with Red Hood. You brought up the fact that he's brought back by the Lazarus Pit, which I know they did in the Under the Red Hood movie. So the way the comics work is he's actually brought back before that, which is an interesting thing. So he's brought back but he's kind of mindless and then it's actually Talia that drops him in the pit and makes him like tries to get him back his memories. He's more like a zombie and then he comes back as this just like angry... I
0: was going to say the Lazarus pits like make you like this monster. They do.
2: It, It messes with your mind and especially when you're when you're dead as long as he technically was I mean because even though he wasn't dead for like a huge amount of time he was also brain dead for a while as well just this mindless yeah. creature walking around and then she puts him in the Lazarus pit and then it's just all that vengeance and rage coming back and yeah but I mean then that leads into like the soft hearted of the story that he actually has but yeah I really I really like him he's a great character
0: <coughs> sorry about that I think I'm dying. Uh, No, Redhead gets me all choked up. Um, Cool, so... Cameron. uh, Trace. Numero Trace.
2: So my number three is um, a character that I didn't start reading until... I don't know. I guess it was... I guess it was like five or six years ago, but it was a ways into reading comics. Um, But Constantine quickly became one of my favorite characters. I think he's just so interesting from the point... I know that we were talking about it before we were starting this, and we were talking about whether or not he's a hero or a villain, because I often look at him as an antagonist to pretty much anyone's story that he shows up in. But he's always there trying to do something good for other people. And like we said, this is a show. You know, this is about you know good people. That's and, and at the end of the day, that's what he's trying to be. And he just knows that sometimes he has to be the bad guy and take the brunt of bad situations to so that other people don't. And I think that's what makes him so good. Um, but I really, really love him and everything that he shows up in.
0: So this is really one of the characters at the beginning of the show when I said, sometimes they do things good to benefit themselves, right? And I think that's his, like, modus operandi pretty much every time. Where it's like, you don't, yeah. you might not find out until later, but then you find out, like, oh, he did this because you know, yeah. like, it, like, came full circle. And I was like, oh, that just... And, you know, that helped him and
2: sometimes he burns bridges with people doing that and even if they find out what the reason was later it's it's just such a bad moment for both of them that he ends up losing people in his life whether permanently or you know just they're walking away from him I mean it's he has it's, it's very much a tragedy it's his yeah, whole story he's
0: got a pretty bad life
2: it's a comedy <laughs> and a tragedy it's, just, it's unfortunate but it's it's so good
0: not to mention the tragedy that was the NBC show that got canceled. The show was good. The show the cancellation was great. Was the cancellation tax- <laughs> was
2: terrible. And that's, yeah. And then on top of that, being canceled pretty quickly into Rebirth and then, was and extremely then, unfortunate.
0: And then to stick him a Legends to Tomorrow, I appreciate that, but I feel like that's a punch in the face.
2: It's an unfortunate place for uh, we. He should have gotten a solo show. That's Agreed. that's where he should have been.
0: Yeah. Agreed. Uh, all right cowboy all right Number so two.
1: well keeping in the uh comedy side of things then uh let's go on with uh billy batson with shazam i definitely yeah shazam is well a fantastic character you have all the all the pretty much powers of of well superman almost of you know amazingly powerful character all stuck with the mind of a child and well, with the movie that had come out recently as well, I, I feel that they did a really good job of depicting Shazam, and I found that it was, yeah, a very entertaining film, and I don't know, I, I just love his his character and just how entertaining he is, and yeah, you're always going to have some sort of a laugh when, when Shazam
2: is there he really is just a really fun character this like light in the darkness that sometimes can be the justice league and yeah. you know obviously they're around like a lot of destruction so you understand that but he doesn't understand it from their same perspective and that's what's so interesting and especially he tries to hide who he actually is that he's this 12 year old boy walking around with all these adults who have powers and it's yeah it's so interesting you know to see what his whole story like how his story progresses each time
0: I think that Shazam is a very relatable character because he is kind of us. Yeah. Like if we were to get superpowers, I feel like that's how <laughs> I would react, right? If I could fly, I'd be like, hell yes. And if I could punch through walls and all this other kind of cool stuff. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I think he's so notable too, just because like, kind of like Wonder Woman, he is someone who is of equal or superior strength to a lot of like the God characters like Superman yeah. and even Aquaman. I mean, he's someone who's defeated Superman more than once. And it's just, it's interesting to see someone that isn't considered a godlike character necessarily with the powers of gods, and he still just kind of meanders his way through Justice League and things like that.
0: Yeah. And he somehow finds his way to make it to school on time.
2: (laughs) It was a good movie, though, too. That was also a really good movie. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, My number two is. Gonna have to be Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing is near and dear to my heart. I'm originally from Louisiana. Uh, Swamp Thing originates in Louisiana. Um, he's just super cool. Like every like his character design is super cool. Like his origin is cool. Like the things that he could do, his powers. And I know Cameron and I have talked about this before. Like the fact that he's not necessarily a good guy not necessarily a bad guy he just does what he thinks is right for the for the green right when they introduce the green and the planet he does what needs to be done to protect the planet and i think that's a very interesting take on like like that moral line that moral gray area where it's like you got to kill this person because they're destroying the earth but killing a person is bad but you're going to save you know countless other lives so it's Yeah, so um, not to mention that the new show is amazing so far. Um, His design in that is just so—it's so so, especially
2: with practical. The practical effects are what make it so interesting, especially seeing like you just see a close-up in that show of the eyes, and I love the fact that they paid attention to the little details Mm -hmm. on that. But yeah, he really is—he's like a tragic character, like Constantine. It's a similar road, which is why they're kind of perfect for each other, and Mm you see them together. Yeah, yeah. not really a good
0: choice. All right, Cameron. My
2: number two is uh, Nightwing. Mm. I really love Nightwing. Now, Dick Grayson as Robin is actually not my favorite Robin, which is an interesting thing. I I didn't really care for him as Robin. I think I don't know if it's just like overexposure or what it is, but he's just he's not always the most interesting to me um in that suit. But as Nightwing, I find him just so fascinating because he is someone who is in a position where Bruce was, like at the same age, but he's this lighthearted version who's been trained in the same way. He's lost his parents and his family, he's actually lost siblings as well. Like he he's lost people in the same way that Bruce has, but he tries to find this lighthearted spin on it and and like reading, I've been reading rebirth and I read kind of through like all of his rebirth stuff and it's interesting to see him kind of progress through and figure out who he is slowly over time and even do things like he tries not to take money from Bruce and he doesn't want to call Bruce for help but he will if he needs help he won't call Bruce he'll call Alfred secretly and i've always found that just kind of like this funny little bit to his character how he sees Bruce as a dad and because of that he's trying to get him to notice how good he is at what he's doing and he takes over his own city you know, he, he tries to make himself like Batman, not to mention the fact that he takes over the mantle of Batman, too. I mean, he did it for a while when Bruce disappeared. Um, and one of my favorite writers, Scott Snyder, that was like one of his beginning runs as well, was in um, Batman when Dick Grayson took over. And it's just really interesting to see him struggle with trying to be the brooding bat, but also trying to maintain who he is. But I think he's just always fun to watch.
0: So I have a couple segues, and I don't want to get too much into this, but um, I know we've talked about it in length uh, previously, but uh, kind of what you hit on with, like, being in Bruce's shadow and, like, kind of that brooding thing, I really think they did a good job on the the Titans character of Dick Grayson where, you know, we were all taken aback when he was, like, F Batman. But the more you watch the show, I feel like they nail his, like, why he said like like his sentiments in why he says that
2: and i think it's more than just like they they're looking for the reasons about why he's saying it they're they're using other characters to draw out who he actually is versus who he's acting like and they even have characters like dove mentions that you're not you know you're different than you were before and i think it's so important to see that what they're doing is they're they're slowly building on his character they're doing what the comics did and Kind of having him figure himself out first, he's angry and violent until he figures out he doesn't want to be that. And yeah, Titans is doing, and you know, in my opinion, they're doing a good job so far of that.
0: Yeah. My other question is, who is your favorite Batman?
2: Who's my favorite Batman? Oh, sorry,
0: sorry, who's your favorite Robin?
2: Who's my favorite Robin? If it's not Ding, it's it's Damien. Okay. Uh, Damien's got to be okay. my favorite Robin. Just, i was just going to
0: say, I don't think Tim Drake is anybody's favorite except. Uh... Well,
2: see, Tim Drake is like a certain year of people. <laughs> like, that's. He's going to be their favorite. I remember James Tynan and. Uh, I think it was Steve Orlando when I was at Comic Con this last weekend. They were talking about it. Or he was talking. Steve Orlando was. And Tim Drake is like. It's like a set of people that love Tim Drake. Yeah. And he has his place. Yeah. And he. Yeah, Damien is. That's fair. Damien's better.
0: All right, uh, good uh, good choice. Yeah, Nightwing almost made my list, but he, he fell felt he felt just short. Um, but I do appreciate um, I appreciate Dick as Nightwing a little bit more than him as Robin. Yeah. Um, all right, Cowboy, uh, number one, oh so top boy. of the list.
1: Top of the list. Well, this goes definitely back to my to my childhood growing up. Uh, watching those Saturday morning
0: cartoons. Ninja Turtles are not DC characters. <laughs> Dang it! <laughs>
2: but, but no. Uh,
1: my mine is definitely Raven. Oh, that's
2: interesting. Yeah. Um, did not expect that. I wasn't expecting that. But <laughs> <All right. laughs>
1: well, yeah. So, so growing up watching, uh, watching Teen Titans, and you know, kind of that um, that whole dynamic. Yeah, one of my. Favorite characters on there was Raven and just um, yeah her her similar tragic backstory and just her having to well overcome who her father is and having to battle against you know family and and yeah being the destiny child and always having um, you know she always has to keep her emotions under control and you know she's under such intense pressure for for such a young girl and yeah she comes through and you know is able to be a badass while while kicking ass uh the whole time. So, yeah, I I definitely say that Raven is is my number one.
0: I have to say uh aesthetically I love her costume. I think it's oh, super yeah. cool. There's something so. about characters like um Gwen Stacy, I love Gwen Stacy's like hoodie yeah, Spider-Man, costume. Spider-Man costume. Something about uh, oh, yeah. costumes with like hoodies and stuff is just but, so cool. But like
2: appropriate hoodies, like right. outside of what they did with Green Arrow, which I didn't like. It just <laughs> yeah, really and I
0: don't even know if you would call Raven's costume like a hoodie, like a traditional hoodie, but it's.
2: I love that it goes on to cover her face and, like, create, like, these harsh shadows <laughs> yeah, whenever yeah. she's going, like, all mystical. That's yes. what I really love about it. Because other than that, she's got it, like, down and she looks like this just innocent person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because in reality, that's who she is. And, like, the Teen Titans show, I grew up with that too. And I loved it. And I love what they do with Beast Boy and Raven because he is her heart. Like, that's basically what they do with her. Yeah. So he every time she needs, like, that place where she can relax from being, like, this daughter of a demon. I mean, she can go to him. And I, I love what they've done with her. <clears throat> yeah. She's so just,
0: just to bounce back to the Titan show, since we're covering Teen Titans, like yes. all the Titans characters and right. stuff, um, I also appreciate... They're kind of doing that same thing in the Titan show, where, like, Gar is kind of, like, her, like, leveling out, which yeah. she yeah. needs to, like,
2: relax yeah. and, like... Yeah, I know you, Cowboy, you don't think they've used Beast Boy enough, right? Yeah, yeah and... I can agree a, with that. I can, there, too.
1: And, I mean, I also... Personally what I feel has happened with this uh, with the Titans version of Raven is that it she feels like a hot topic goth. Like like kinda of discount hot topic goth. And it's 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 one of those that I mean Yeah, it's well considering the age of, of uh, Dick Grayson and Starfire, it feels like a high school student goes with like her uncle
0: that's
1: <laughs> 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 to go fight crime. You know, because it takes away. Because before in the Teen Titans show, they're all like about the same age. They're all, yeah, they're all young kids. But now it feels like, I mean, what Dick Grayson's like what twenty five or so. Although I don't know, it kind of feels like he's more like going into like thirty something like that. Like just just on the edge of thirty, and it also feels like Starfire is just on the edge of thirty as well. So yeah, they're they're just like this this thirties uh, thirty year old couple and then they have this like high school teenager who's just like, Hey
0: so I have you're kind, of, you're kind of describing like a goth less martial artist, more demonic Damien Wayne, right? Where it's like just like come along, child. Yeah, like, pretty, much.
2: <laughs> pretty much that's I, that's what it feels like. That's eh. see, I have like a different perspective I guess of Raven in the show. One thing I really like, like I just mentioned how Beast Boy is kind of her heart yes. in the animated show. One thing I'm seeing with Titans is Beast they're doing the same thing with Beast Boy. Yes. Like they are definitely doing that. Yes. cuz she needs that. But even though she needs someone, she's pushing things aside and being there for uh, for Night or for who's not Nightwing, but for Dick Grayson, yeah, and she's kind of being his heart, and she's pulling him. I think it's kind of interesting because for such a dark character, they're using her really well to pull out the lightheartedness in him. And even yeah. though he's tried to leave her behind, leave behind something that's making him feel like who he is, she keeps following him and keeps showing up. And that's one thing I really like about their relationship in that. Yeah. So I've liked what they're doing with her. I do agree. I want more. I want more from her. I want more from Beast Boy. Like we saw, it was more like Starfire Robin show in that. Yeah. And I do want more of them. So we also talked about
0: how they're kind of like modernizing it, right? So I think that's kind of where you're getting the hot topic thing. Is there, she's not like. She hasn't reached her traditional like costume and all that stuff. And she may never she may never, but she's yeah. got the hood, which is kinda like an homage yeah. to the, the hood. Yeah. And no, it's I just more it. of like a more of like a modern, like urban it's just a hoodie instead of like this Yeah, know, instead like, of
1: yeah, like the, the dark cloak.
0: Yeah, the purple cloak. What
2: I, I, I won't necessarily disagree. What I'll say is I'm hoping that they're planning to do what I think they're going to in part two. That's yeah. what I'm hoping with her. I'm hoping yeah. it's a slow build, and if it is, then that will be great. If not, then I will definitely agree that it <laughs> will be too much on like that Hot Topic side if they don't like, kind of make her progress more.
0: Quick question before we move on. Okay. Do you think we're going to get Nightwing in Season 2? Or Part 2 or whatever it is? I
2: think, think we're gonna get we'll there? see. I have a good feeling we'll see the thought of Nightwing or even like the emblem at the end of Part yeah. 2. That's I think, what I think. Yeah, I think he yeah. needs
0: to let go of Robin first. Yep, right? and, and I then... think,
2: and we're we're gonna see Batman and all of that, and we're gonna see more of Jason Todd, who I think's a great catalyst for that. Mm-hmm. He's gonna be there to kind of push that, but I think it'll be at the end of part two. So it's gonna yeah. be
0: weird seeing Jorah as Batman. It's <laughs> gonna take some time. To, I'm not over the Game I'm of still, still not thing, ready right? for that. That's <laughs>
2: yeah, that's a little weird to me. All
0: right, uh, my number one is very predictable. Um, this is one of the reasons Cameron and I are good friends is my number one is Constantine. Yes. Um, Constantine is like a staple in my life. Now he was one of the <laughs> first like real DC comics that I read. I picked up the hellblazer trade from like the eighties, like the old super old British. Jamie Delano. Yeah. Yes, like, so good. Like, super British. They use a lot of slang and I was like, I don't know what that means. I guess I'll just go with it. And, Figure it out later or something, but uh, I think that Constantine is is a fun character in the sense that he's kind of all of the sins that we can't act on that we always like not necessarily think about, but like you know, in a world where anything was legal or anything was possible or there were no you know like he like he smokes, he's he's bisexual, so like he literally sleeps with anybody he wants to, you know he. He deals with angels and demons and spirits and all that kind of stuff, which everybody thinks is cool, um, edgy and stuff. (laughs) I
2: I think he's just, he's always been a progressive character in that way too. Like even reading, I've been reading through Swamp Thing where he originally appeared and like his original arc and that before Jamie Delano ever had like a series with him. And you see, like you see the bisexual part of him actually. It's, It's briefly mentioned, but they're trying to push it forward in that time. And it's not just in those aspects. It's also in like the violence and the darkness that he was kind of, and in this realness of a character that he was really progressive at for the time. I really think so. But he's such a great character.
0: Um, I also, so right now I'm reading uh, Justice League Dark Blight. Yes. Um New 52. And he mentioned, so there's a lot of things like he doesn't really, he tends to not get attached to people, right? He likes to stay away because he's, like you said, when he was your choice, um, he's always losing people. He's afraid to lose people deep down but there was something about him falling in love with Zatanna and I found that really really fascinating the fact that he let his guard
2: down and he's like I love his arc with um, Zatanna I think it's such an interesting arc and especially when you consider how close he was with her father too in a weird way and they both kind of lose her father in that way and it just adds to he needs someone but he's not willing to risk their life to get attached Mm -hmm. to them. And yeah, Justice League and Justice League Dark: Blight, they do that really well too. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, and then I I also put a note in there that he used to have a punk band called Mucus uh, Mucus Membrane, which yeah. I thought was uh. That's uh, how he like started all of it. Yeah, yeah that's, I thought that's, that was pretty rad. Oh man. Um, they they tend to mention that in pretty much every run that he's in. You know, yeah. like with the, I think the Rebirth, they mention it as well. Yep. Um, I could be wrong, but, um, and then, uh, yeah. So I mean. Uh, I, I will do a plug. If you haven't seen the show that ran on NBC, it is on, uh, I believe it's still on CW Seed, which is
2: free. It should be on CW Seed. It's um, also on the DC Universe yeah. um, subscription. Yeah. It's really good. It's super it's good, really yeah. Good.
0: Um, the, one of the first stories I ever read was called The uh, the Feast of Flies, right? I think it's... Yeah, I and, think it's... Uh, and something to that effect. Right. And they did it in the show... And I, like, got chills when I watched it because it was the first thing that I had read in the, like, seen from page to screen. Yeah. And I was like, they did
2: it so well, I thought. In almost every episode of that show, too, I think minus like, one or two. It's, like, actual comic yeah. episodes, and they do them so strictly yeah. to the comics. They just change minor details.
0: It's like watching the comic. Right. Now, it right? really
2: is, and it's it's just so good.
0: And uh, quickly make a note before I jump to Cameron's number one. um, I'm nervous about the Swamp Thing show because I don't know who's going to fill Matt Ryan's shoes as a Constantine because you can't have Swamp Thing without Constantine. Like He has to show up in the show
2: and, and Matt Ryan is a great Constantine yeah. and much better than previous American black-haired persuasions that <laughs> played him. Let's just... Who
0: were not so excellent, we right? Did not, not so excellent.
2: <laughs> not the most excellent adventure that I've ever been on. <laughs> Oh man. <laughs> All right. Well, going along with Constantine, my number one, and this is again, yeah, it's Swamp Thing. I love Swamp Thing. I love so much about the character, whether we're talking about Alan Moore's run, his iconic run that made modern comics what they are, or if we're talking about Scott Snyder's New 52 run, where he kind of amped up the fantasy level and brought in like this red and green and rot and just introduced this whole new world to DC Universe. There's so much, I think it's more philosophically to the character. There's always something there where he's just trying to find out who he is. And especially, like, if you haven't gone back and, like, if you haven't read the old Alan Moore comics, I would definitely recommend reading them. The new show is really good. But in the old one, too, it's about about someone who thinks they are this person, and then they find out that they're not, and then they have to figure out who they actually are and, like, what that means. Because they can be anyone, and I think that's what makes it so interesting. And it's such a beautiful romance, which is, it's one of the weirdest comics to be a romance... But it is just, it works so well. And it's one of my favorite comic book romances between, you know, you have um, Abby Arcane and you have Swamp Thing. And I just, regardless of if it's actually Alec Holland as Swamp Thing or if it's just the actual monster itself, it's such a beautiful, interesting storyline.
0: I uh, I borrowed the New 52 from you, actually. yeah. And uh, I, yeah, it was fascinating. Like the, the whole Parliament of Trees thing, like that storyline and, and the fact that there's like you know, they mentioned that, I don't know, this is probably a spoiler, so if you don't want to hear the spoiler, I would stop now or skip ahead like a minute. Um, but, like, uh, the fact that there had been Swamp Things since, like, basically the beginning of time, and there's, like, the Parliament that kind of, like, makes the choices for the Swamp Thing. He answers to them and all this stuff. And uh, since we're on the uh, subject of spoilers, um, I think I'll go ahead and say it, because it, the Alan Moore Swamp Thing is about a plant who thinks it's human right. and so it forms its own organs and stuff and I found that out before I read it and it made me want to read it more cuz it's so fascinating the fact that it's like this sentient plant. Yeah. When I that first, has like this identity crisis and, essentially.
2: And Swamp Thing is so interesting and I always recommend it to people who don't say, who always say they they want to get into comic books but they don't want to read hero stories. Swamp Thing to me is not a hero story. It's a very like It's a very human story, which is odd because it's about, like, it is about a plant that thinks it's human. And it it not only does it think it's human, it thinks it's a specific person. It has the memories of a specific person and the love of, like, a wife that's lost and, like, all these different things. And it then has to just figure out what it wants to be. And Alan Moore does, like, these great stories about it trying to find who it is. And at the same time, he introduces Constantine, who's a great antagonist in a way but an antagonist who again you know we've talked about it. he's a good guy and there's just there's so many elements to swamp thing and scott snyder did like as you said he brought in that that lineage of swamp things or you know fleshed it out more Mm -hmm. i guess and it just it's such a beautiful world and it exists kind of in and of itself and that's what i love about it you could read swamp thing and never read the rest of the dc universe and it would still flow really well it would still be beautiful and that's what i love about it
0: um in in the Blight comic that I'm reading right now is a perfect example of like Constantine is there they're working together as a team like kind of like this makeshift team right but Constantine knows exactly how to push his buttons just right and it's so good
2: yeah it's always like the sibling rivalry almost it feels between the two of them and it's just it's fun from from day one when they first meet each other to even now when every time i see them meet up i i always just wait for those moments because i really love it
0: so if you haven't seen the justice league dark animated movie i would highly recommend it yes Um, matt ryan also does the voice of constantine in that so um it's fantastic uh Personally, I like Deadman. He didn't make my list, but I do love. I just it's something about him. is so simple. He can just possess <laughs> people, but it's it's. it's I guess there's like a snarky humor and stuff. It's just. So, so yeah,
2: speaking of characters that didn't make our list, do mm-hmm. we want to go into honorable mentions? Yeah. Too? So yes. Yeah,
0: so yes, yeah, so we're right. gonna jump over to Cowboy to start off our honorable mentions. All
1: right. So my honorable mention definitely has to be Green Arrow. Um, first off, just i absolutely love his his wit his humor and yeah just how entertaining of a character he is and and he always has a comeback he always you know has has something to say and yeah i definitely think that that green arrow is yeah he didn't make my list but he is an entertaining character i always love it when he's on screen
2: um or, or you know, I, I, one thing that you mentioned, like his wit and his humor, and you know, that's it's, one thing that I didn't love about Arrow is I felt like they, they made him like this brooding yeah. they made him Batman they wanted yeah. a, They wanted like this brooding he character he was too dark right he was too dark and I kept waiting I kept waiting for the humor and for the comedy of it but it only ever came out of the side characters and reading the comics that's what I love about him yeah. is he's so much fun to read oh, yeah. and like you feel like you're right there next to him just because of how personable he is in a weird way yeah Yeah. no I do love him
0: I was just waiting for the mustache <laughs> I know I mean there's that too Yeah. the, yeah. Blonde, yeah. the blonde hair would have been nice too right. we talked about that too <laughs> Yeah. Well, at least it wasn't Keanu. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, good choice. I uh, I appreciate Green Arrow. Um, I don't know too much about the character. I have seen you know four seasons of Arrow. Yeah. I can see, and I have played like the Injustice games where they kind of stick truer to the more comicky, like snarky, sarcastic. Like um, he's a billionaire, right? So he's gonna be yeah. You know, he, he, he didn't give a crap about anything. He's,
2: like, similar to Red Hood to me. The only difference is he was, like, never a villain. But they're both, like, these sarcastic people that are in the world of everyone else. And, again, they don't have powers. They don't have any special abilities. They're just, like, these guys. Yeah. But they're so interesting.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm also fascinated, just, just like Hawkeye in the Marvel Universe... He never seems to run out of arrows I know they never he never (laughs) runs out of arrows
2: it doesn't matter how many he starts with. I want to get
0: one of those quivers that just makes arrows oh yeah (laughs) as you shoot them one
2: thing I will say is hats off to the arrow show for giving him the boxing glove arrow for one shot they gave it to him he like stabs it down and then fires it and it's one of my favorite moments (laughs) but all right
0: so uh yeah green arrow good choice Thanks. um my honorable mention is a little bizarre. It's not necessarily a, a hero, per se. It's more of a, a secondary character.
2: Okay.
0: Um, my honorable mention is going to be Mara. All right.
2: right, all right. Um, She's got her own comic now. She does have too. her own comic, yeah. so I guess she has stepped up yeah. in the light, right?
0: Yeah. Especially since the movie. She, I thought, uh, Amber Heard drama aside...
2: I yeah. thought that
0: the character herself was a, was a pretty badass character. I mean, we
2: saw the extent of her powers, and that's what I thought was so cool On about On the rooftop scene, right? Yes, she's so strong, yeah. and she's, again, like, you bring in, like, Wonder Woman and things like that, or, like, Batwoman, mm-hmm. how they have those female characters that are just as good mm-hmm. as the guys, and if Mera is probably better. Yeah. I mean, is just amazing, yeah. So, uh,
0: my wife and I named our daughter Mara after the character, so I'm kind of obligated to put her on the list in some (laughs) way, shape, or form, but a couple of things that I found about her when I was doing a little research is, obviously, she's the queen of Atlantis, she's married to Aquaman, or she's Aquaman's partner, or whatever, and, um, she has hydrokinesis, which means, you saw it in the movie, she can control water, um, what was the rooftop scene? She turned like wine. She like turned shot
2: wine into like daggers yeah, or something. Yep, yeah, yep. it's insane.
0: And then uh, I found this out. I didn't know this. So she can remove water from objects. Yeah, like from engines. It said she can move uh, like water from engines or from humans. So she can like dehydrate them. Um, I thought that was fascinating. And then she's a martial artist. So you know just an all-around badass (laughs)
2: you know being able to remove water it just reminds me of like this this funny thing um where in justice league the movie obviously they kept having her remove water and they were talking underneath when they were talking underneath the water and then people were like is that what the aquaman movie is going to be and i remember james wan saying that's ridiculous people are overthinking it they're just going to talk and that's what we ended up seeing which is great but it it was kind of cool still to see that she can just like create these domes if she wants to it's really interesting.
0: Yeah, I think right. she's fascinating where she's just like, anything, you know, I played I played the, uh, there's a DC game, like a mobile game or something like that where you do it, and Mera is mm-hmm. one of the characters that you can unlock and she can like shoot like water daggers, like you were saying, like water yeah. daggers and stuff and I was just like, that's so fascinating. And uh, like I said, it's it's nice to see those strong female characters kind of step up and yeah. to have her get her own run is pretty...
2: I've, I've actually always, just as like a side note, I've always wanted to see her in Justice League Dark because she's technically one of like the stronger like mages in DC, mm-hmm. she's just usually not put into that category because of where she exists in the world. Right. But I think it'd be so interesting just to see her in that side of the world too. I think it would fit.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I think the supernatural side of DC needs to get a little bit more uh, light <laughs> on it, right? I would love. I mean, we're yeah. seeing
2: Swamp Thing at least now, yeah. so I am happy about that. When I mean, they have
0: tried yeah. yeah.
2: Now, all right. So.
0: Cameron, honorable mention. There were so many. There
2: were so many characters that I wanted to put. In my honorable mention. I could have put half a dozen. But so,
0: it's, so the thing, the mean thing that I do with this show is I make them choose one. Yeah. Which Cameron was literally pacing around the apartment <laughs> before we started this recording. So I'm very excited to see what one person you came up with.
2: I decided to go with something that I have come to love in the last couple years and that not a lot of people know about. And the character's name is Mogo the Living Planet. This is not Hmm. a character that most people know about so this is a green lantern and it's it is an actual planet in itself it's a sentient planet that can Mm. move through the universe at its own will and (laughs) what i love about this character is for one it's witty and sarcastic so it can speak uh, or (laughs) yes it can it can speak if you're like on the planet and it'll speak to you and i think it's so great because when the character first started i think it started like the 80s or something like that Uh, the story was that they were looking for the Green Lantern living on that planet because they thought that's where the ring went is that it went to someone living on the planet. But as it turns out it went to the planet itself. So how does the planet wear the ring? So that's one of the funniest things. So I was reading the comic and that's what I was thinking too. And they mentioned like we thought you would have it like in your core like hiding it like he like holding that so no one can steal it. It's being played with by like animals on the planet, like squirrels and stuff. Like they're just tossing it around the trees. Like it's (laughs) it's one of my favorite characters. And it does have a very big important um role in Green Lanterns because they lose Oa for a while and when they lose Oa they need a home base and what better home base than an actual Green Lantern? So they live on the planet. He can form cells, he can form all kinds of things, he can change the terrain of his body. He's so interesting, so such a small character, but so interesting in how they use him.
0: So at any point in any of the runs, does he just say, like, hey, you're walking on me right now or something like that? There's, player, there's really
2: weird witty dialogue with him where he just he's kind of always listening in but not listening in at the same time. <laughs> it's... He's such an interesting character. If you haven't seen him, I'd recommend the Green Lantern runs in New Fifty Two. I think it's more towards the end of New Fifty Two and then the beginning of Rebirth that you really get to see him. But he's a lot of fun to read.
0: Okay. Yeah. Calou, would you be a sentient planet if you had the choice? Uh, yeah, I,
1: I think I would. I think that would be a very entertaining thing to be. He's so
2: interesting <laughs> right? to be a sentient planet. Uh, All right.
0: right. Uh, now we move to the less. Uh, um, Less special sections of the show which i finally figured out mine. Dishonorable, dishonorable mentions jinx half half jinx well that's too bad i guess you owe me half a coke <laughs> no i'd like you to drink the, the half and then give me the rest <laughs> what if i spit in it that's fine. Okay. As long as it's half a coat. I'm All right. To tell me. Spit the coat back in there. <laughs> Speaking of dishonorable. That's... <laughs> Speaking of dishonorable mentions, no. moving on from that.
1: Um, I would say that my number one dishonorable mention would have to be Superman. I, I'm sorry, but Let
0: the to hate me, male roll. <laughs> he
1: is one of the most boring characters out there. I, I've never. I've never been interested in his character. It's always been like, okay, he's just. First off, first off, his ability, uh, his abilities get pretty much nerfed, and uh, you know, kind of regrow just as it is. If he's able yeah. to move like as fast as a bullet, and I guess this kind of goes with, along with the Flash as well, but uh, if he's able to, you know, move so incredibly fast, then how are any of these non super speedy heroes? or, I guess, villains, how are these non-super speedy villains any challenge to him? Because it would just be, he just flashes over them in a second and then takes care of them. It, it doesn't matter that Lex Luthor has, you know, a castle built of um, kryptonite or, you know, whatever. It's just... Like, if you move fast enough, you don't need to worry about whatever it is. And then, and then, yeah, he's strong enough to just break... I'm, I know, I'm, I'm watching you guys that's just fine, trying to fine. get your I'm
2: word waiting, in for, you
1: for just raining down on me. But yeah, so he's just so uninteresting because I, I feel that there's... Yeah, he's already achieved, you know, the height of power pretty much. So it's very difficult to... Uh, so, yes, he has been been beaten by some characters. However, it is difficult to challenge Superman properly. Uh, and killed.
2: And, he was killed. And killed, and then come oh, back, spoiler. and then killed, and then yeah. come yeah. back, yeah. and then, forever, then forever killed, ago. and then come back. Like, also
0: so. in the movie, which is okay. like... Okay, yeah, yeah in also the in the
2: movie. Okay, so I don't disagree with you. I want to start with that. I don't disagree with you. He. I, I have a problem with how often his powers are changed... Or for instance, in the old Superman two, before we got the Richard Donner cut, finally he, he clones himself. Let's just there's there's and then he rips off the S from his chest and throws it like a weapon. There's so many aspects like that to the character that are so that are so awful, and I I just I don't I, I completely agree, and I know what you're saying. Yeah. I will say though, see, when I was a kid, I grew up with Justice League as well as like Teen Titans and stuff yeah. like the animated stuff and i i never connected with superman he's perfect there's yeah. no way to connect to him exactly. he's this perfect human being who never does anything wrong and that's why i always like batman more yeah. batman is like hurt and he's in despair and yeah. that's what i loved about him but then i saw man of steel and i know there's all the controversy around it i love it personally i love what they did with the character i love that they made him human that's what i wanted i wanted a human character who didn't know who he was or why they do it in superman earth one too which is a great series um that they do it's like a side series and they do the same thing they they make him someone who he's not perfect and he's not gonna be perfect he's just a man who really doesn't understand the rest of the world around him and you kind of see that more in batman versus superman and things like that and regardless of all the controversy and then you mentioned like the speed and that's one thing I've always had a problem with, too. I remember in Smallville, he can run as fast as Flash can. It's Bart Allen in Smallville. But yeah. I don't like that. He shouldn't be able to move at the same speed as Flash. There'd be no points of Flash. Because yeah. Flash isn't as strong. He can't fly. So Flash has one power. It's like Angel in X-Men, how he can just fly. So yeah. can 90% of the X-Men. <laughs> that's yeah. that's not a real power. Yeah. That's not helpful. Exactly. But what I loved about Man of Steel is he can't run like that, he has these bursts that he can do. Yeah. And I appreciate that, because yeah. all that means is that he can use his strength to go faster. Yeah. That's yeah. what I felt like. But I do agree with you in a lot of ways. I do think if you really feel that way about Superman, I would recommend reading the Rebirth series. Okay. Because the Rebirth series takes him and grounds him. Like, okay. grounds the Man of Steel. And I think that is so important. Okay. But yeah, I think definitely. Agree with but
1: yeah, like, like, yeah, I will I will give a... a spoiler i mean i i am one of those people who uh, very much enjoys like one punch man and stuff like that where they take the they take the super powered hero or the overpowered hero to where he's just so crazy ridiculously strong and and you know amazing and then they give him an, another challenge you know of just something that is not a power competition between an enemy but instead it's well instead it's something else so he has to figure out like hey he's wanting to well in the case of one punch man you know he's wanting to uh be recognized he's a hero for fun and he's um yeah really just trying to find someone who can actually stand up to his punches so that he can have an actual fight instead of just obliterating them instantly and so um so yeah giving giving a character you know something beyond just if you already have them you know at the peak of power of just, you know, so amazingly strong with a thousand different abilities that are all ridiculous. Giving them something else to challenge them beyond a strength contest makes it so much more interesting. Yeah.
0: I have a buddy back home in Louisiana that is a huge superhero fan, and if he ever listens to this, he's going to be steaming from his ears. <laughs> but Sounds good. I will something, never visit Louisiana. <laughs> something, yeah something, yeah, he'll tackle you at like 400 miles an hour, like the whole Man of Steel movie, but anyway, that's another conversation for another every day. Um, but he, he explained to me something, it's so, I agree with you also, right? I have two words, too powerful, right? Yeah. It's just like it's no fun, uh, you said Batman, Batman gets his back broken, he's human, right? We can relate to him more than just yeah. like this alien flying around who, like you said, gets his power from the sun. Right. <laughs> um, but there was something that he explained to me, it's less about the powers and it's more about, for him, you know, from what I remember what he told me, it's more about like what he stands for as a character, right? His motto is truth, justice, and the American way, and it's more about doing good and helping these people, and and I kind of felt, I don't like Superman, Right? I don't like Superman, but I could appreciate the fact that he liked it for that reason.
2: See, this is, this is the last thing I'll say on this so we can go on. But what I will say is about it? Superman, I don't know. Maybe. I maybe we should have done a whole talk just on Superman. I didn't realize this was going to happen. Join us um. next
0: time for Superman.
2: <laughs> um, but this is one thing I hear a lot of people say. Superman is overpowered. Some versions, yes, he's way overpowered. The main canon version of Superman, however has so many ways like that he can be taken down. For one, Aquaman is usually equal strength with him. Wonder Woman is way more overpowered than he is. She usually doesn't get lumped in with him, but I've but like in the comics, she sends him through walls. Yeah. I mean she's way more powerful than he is. And then you have Flash,
0: the, right? Flash is also Flash like an extremely batcher, powerful and, person. And though. if
2: it wasn't for Flash's ego a little bit he wouldn't get touched so often that's yeah. kind of what happens but the biggest thing about superman that and we've talked about justice league dark a lot and this is what i love about it he is weak to magic and that is what makes him so interesting because if you look at a vast majority of his villains you see a lot of them they have those magical areas or like in justice league they'll go up against some like he could in theory go up against someone like constantine someone so far down the chart in terms of strength and he could lose so quickly because he can't do anything to them. He's so weak to magic. I mean, Zatanna could take him down with one, like, backwards saying. Like, yeah. that's... <laughs> and, no, that's no, no. and that's dead. where... And I think more than Again. anything, and this is why I was bringing up Man of Steel and Batman versus Superman, and regardless of, what it, of all the controversy, and I don't really care, is that you see it's not about him and his physicality. It's about his mind and like man of steel for instance i was talking to someone and i was bringing up the point that it's not who cares how strong he is because he literally has to choose over killing one entire race of people his own like killing and making sure that they can never come back again so that he can save this other race of people and it's his mentality that really gets torn and that's where superman often loses is you can break him mentally and that's what luther's there for often is luther breaks him mentally
0: um one note before we move on uh i will be seeing brightburn it is
2: out i want to see Brightburn, and i never oh, knew yeah. that i
0: needed a horror superman which is essentially what it is
2: um, you, you can also read red sun superman red sun is Super that or whor- is that like straight it's horror. not horror superman yeah. it's that's why i
0: put the emphasis on horror like i didn't know i needed a like straight up
2: horror it's comrade like, superman that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, all right. Oh, Let's, move is, Let's move on to the next Dishonorable. Let's move on to the next Dishonorable. Let was. us know if you want us to do a whole Superman talk, because no we're yeah. no yeah. do this.
1: Because we uh, obviously have much more to say.
2: So much more to say. <laughs>
0: um, mine will be quick and painful. Um, my Dishonorable mention is Booster Gold. Uh, Cameron like looked at me before the podcast... <laughs> And I said, I think you can guess my dishonorable mention. And he said, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Booster Gold is... Uh, so, I don't... I don't know. Th- he's just such a pompous, like, arrogant... He's just annoying, right? So, the way... The note that I put in my list is that... If you guys are familiar with the Borderlands series, right? Yeah. yeah. You're familiar with Claptrap the Robot.
2: Yeah.
0: Um... <laughs> Gearbox designed Claptrap to be, like, to, for people to hate him, right? To be annoying and for people to hate them. I feel like that's how Booster Gold was designed. I mean, I think that's
2: fair. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so he is DC's Claptrap. I mean, we were,
2: and we were talking about it a little bit more, and I think one thing that kind of was annoying about him is he did kind of take himself seriously to a point when he first showed up. He was satirical in a way, um, but he, he's been taken more, like, as a comedic character now. Mm-hmm. Like, you see Justice League 3000, Tom King's recent... Run on Batman and Rebirth. Um, he does like a whole comedy story with Booster Gold, mm-hmm. and those aspects I do like. But overall, Booster Gold is probably one of the most worthless characters <laughs> in com- in like DC Comics. Yeah. He's
0: like the guy I can't remember his name right now, but the guy in Harry Potter that like talked a big game and then it was like a bitch whenever <laughs> he's like, just came like yeah. I mean, he's, he's just right like yeah. he's yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: one no. of. Two other missing stooges. I mean, that's just all he really is. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, that's a good choice. Yep. He deserves a dishonorable mention.
0: Um, quick post note before we move to Cameron's dishonorable. Um, I see Cowboy has like a list of characters up, and before you gave your dishonorable, I saw Nightwing right in the middle of it, and I thought you were gonna say Nightwing was your dishonorable, and I was gonna see you and Cameron fight like right in front of me. That maybe. would be a whole podcast. I got that's... really excited, and uh, but yes, no, was, yeah. I was, I was disappointed. I All didn't right.
1: need to pull up the page for what was my Dishonorable. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Yeah, you didn't. You just threw that Apparently out. Apparently we no needed shame. to write a
2: book. That's that's where we needed to go. No Alright. My Dishonorable is one that not a lot of people know. It's the reason why he's a Dishonorable, because even though he had a big part, he's so... I just don't like him. Uh, Guy Gardner, who was a Green Lantern. He is one of the Earth Green Lanterns, and I really don't like him. He's super egotistical. He's got, like... He's his character is like this Brooklyn mindset. He's he's like I'm the greatest, and yeah, he's like he's a jock, a jock. Right? Yeah. and he has other powers outside of the Green Lantern ring. They don't get showcased very often, but he does get the ring pulled from him, and he kind of just disappears from comics. <laughs> I like he's he becomes like he's important for a little while, and then he goes away. And then he kind of comes back in New Fifty Two, and I think he's kind of back in Rebirth. He comes but back he's, in
0: Blackest Night, right? Yeah, there he does. Night. He does. Yeah.
2: He's such a worthless side character to me, though, and he <laughs> yeah. is one character that I know is just disliked by a lot of people. He's really egotistical. He's arrogant. He adds nothing to any team he's ever on. He's really there just as a physical guy, and he got his—you know—he's gotten his limelight, and he never really should have. And that's that's what I want to say about him. Luckily, he's fizzled out a lot. I, I in terms of like all the other Green Lanterns. Yeah, it's funny. I have an honorable mention of a random Green Lantern, and I got a dishonorable of this one. And you know, Hal Jordan was much better, and uh, Kyle Rayner was much better, and Mogo is always better. And that's
0: couldn't help but notice you didn't mention John Stewart.
2: <laughs> I do like John Stewart. There's other aspects of John Stewart. Well, the, I do really like John Stewart. I just he was dumbed down for the Justice League animated show, and that was the first react, That was the first like time I ever got to see him. So because of that, I've never connected with him. all that
0: much. I, I do think it's fascinating that no lanterns made our like actual list, <laughs> That's but true. you had an honorable and a dishonorable both and, lanterns. And
2: my honorable was not Hal Jordan, which is you know <laughs> it was the planet that houses the you know. He sounds dumb.
0: You're pulling from like I'm gonna pull this random planet <laughs> that most people haven't heard of, and I'm gonna pull this asshole guy Gardner that you know hopefully a lot of people haven't heard of because he sucks. Um, yeah, so that's fascinating. Uh, so yeah, good good lists. Um, let us know if uh, you know who your lists were. We have a uh, Facebook page now. It's List List That Podcast. Um, you can like us there. I think we're up to three likes. Whole oh new uh, record. That's
2: almost a handful. That's... That is almost, yeah. And oh, uh,
0: probably less than half of them listen to this, but, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no uh you know let us know what, what your lists are if if our characters made your list. Tell us and, where we uh, went wrong. Yeah. Tell us tell Cowboy how much you hate him for making Superman his dishonorable <laughs> mention.
1: All hate mail will go directly to Josh.
0: <laughs> I'll answer every one of them. <laughs> yep. Um, cool. Yes. Yeah, so that has been our list for that DC
2: or top five DC good guys in quotes. <laughs> and then next time, just for everyone still listening, next time we're gonna go over favorite DC villains. So we're gonna go to the opposite side of the spectrum. Probably have some. Oh boy, there. that
0: should be fun. Yeah. So we will see you next time. Thanks for listening. Bye. For uh, for me, I'm Josh. I'm Cowboy. I'm Cameron. Thanks for listening.